Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 19, now ready for departure. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're entering the vacation kingdom of the world. There's enough land here to hold all of the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. We call it Epcot. will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast. Taking you back to the vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was, and the way it is in your memories. All right, welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast. This is the official podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society. This is episode 62.5, Below the Deck of Thunder with Parker Rabbi. We're going to give a quick call here to Parker. And uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what it was like to work on the set, as well as the behind the scenes of how Thunder was built and functioned during the filming of Thunder in Paradise. Parker is uh, his father was one of the individuals that customized and built Thunder, the boat. So we're going to welcome him to the show here and talk a little bit about what he did on the set and uh, his involvement, his dad's involvement in Thunder in Paradise. Parker, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about how this all happened. We know that, you know, Hulk and, 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 and uh, Lemon, they were down there. They started to film this and, and decided to do it all local in the St. Pete area. And uh, how did, you know, you come about getting involved, your father? And uh, tell us a little bit about the company that he, he had. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, sure. Well, um, we started Rabco Competition Marine in 1968 here in uh, beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. My dad was chair of the yacht club for many years in a world uh, championship offshore powerboat racer. And he was a famous water skier. He skied to the World's Fair to New York in 1964 from right here in St. Petersburg, Florida, across oh. down around through Okeechobee Canal and then up the East Coast. Um, so he was very involved. He went to the University of Florida and um, swam for Florida and things like that. But um, as far as, you know, the movie producers, they got with us. They uh, found us. You know, via, I, I don't really know how they, they found us, but they approached my dad with an offer to be the Marine coordinator for Thunder in Paradise, which was filmed here in the St. Pete area in, uh, you know, 1990-ish. Um, so what we did is we went ahead, and this was just after I was graduating high school, and we went on board um, with these people, myself and my dad, Randy Raby, and um, so we went on board and uh, we took on the challenge. What they did is uh, Wellcraft built us a 43-foot scarab and we got the boat from Wellcraft in Sarasota. They brought the boat up to us as a Holland deck with motors in it and drives on it. We transformed the boat into being what it is on the set. We took a, a standard 43 scarab and... We modified the deck. We modified, you know, we had to we had to put the Gatling guns in the front and a flamethrower, and all these things would pop out of the deck with CO2. Um, we built the custom top out of 316 stainless, and it wrapped around the windshield and all the way to the back of the boat. And let me tell you how hot it was to drive that boat inside <laughs> that cockpit. 
a lot of the shoot at a place called Boatyard Village, which is no longer, it's all vacant land, but it's located in Clearwater, Florida, near um, the St. Pete Clearwater Airport. So we did we did a lot of the stuff with the jet skis. We transformed those into gray jet skis. And then we did a lot of the shoots in Terra Verde, Florida. And uh, that's a real, real high-end uh, part of town. And where we did those shoots of the little lagoon there to the boat, um, you know, it took us about three months. Um, we did all of the manufacturing to the boat at Rabco Competition Marine, uh, um, that was the location of the transformation of Thunder. Uh-huh. Um, we also did the, the cave shots where they went underground with the blue lights oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Where they Okay, that was all done at Rabco, too. We cut the floor in the building about 12 by 12 and d- dug it about eight feet deep. And we did all of that with the rock formation in the back. And the only thing I could take you in there to do is uh, look at a concrete slab on the floor and uh, show you that's where we did it. <laughs> but we, 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 we do not own that building anymore. We sold it. So, but to, to go a little deeper into the Thunder project, um, you know, we had, we had a really big crew from, um, I believe they're from California that were, that were working with us Mm -hmm. throughout this whole shoot. And, um, you know, Rabco was the hub for everything, that building, you know, to do a lot of the shoots, all the, all the prop stuff was in there. Um, the building, they actually took over the building. I think it was motion picture, um, and, and did, you know, put all the prop stuff in there and they did, you know, the, what was it? The scuttlebutt or something, you know, that whole bar bar scene was out. I was in a lot of the bar scenes there standing at the bar, but they did a lot of the, um, a lot of all the props, like all the props, everything to build that bar, the wood, the signs, you know, all the netting, the crab traps, the windsurfers, um, everything was stacked inside of Rabco. Just the place was, it was an absolute wreck. You know, I was just out of high school and we would go to various locations. One of the big shoots, and you guys were talking about St. Pete Beach, but one of the big shoots that we did were behind the Don Cesar with Carol Alt. So, you know, Hulkster was out there and some of the parasail scenes and some of the wrestlers, a lot of the wrestler guys out were out there, you know, behind the dances are. That's where they did. Was it called the Scuttlebutt guys? Is that what it was? That was yep. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the it. Scuttle. Yeah. So that, that, that whole prop was right there behind the dances are. And we shot there. I mean, you know, we were there and I was an extra in there. Of course, I was 18 and I was just bumping into things. I didn't know what was going on. But, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, you know, it was really fun. They gave us 50 bucks a day and we thought we were on top of the world we're out there for 10 hours in the blazing sun and you know we we're all just having a good time drinking fake beer and kool-aid and holding it up like we we're having a good time so going going back to the boat you you, know, you mentioned it had co casters to pop up the guns and missiles and different things and it's funny because they, they shot that a couple times and i think in every episode they say they show the same clip so i find it really interesting that you actually made it repeatable and not just kind of a one-time one-time thing so what else on the boat moved and and did things well you know like i said it had the two hatches up front and they put these things you know as i can remember going back 30 years but they put them on co2 rams so the gatling gun would come up and spin and fake fire would come out and then you know guys in all honesty i kind of forget what was on the other side of the bow but we cut holes and made starboard covers in the deck and they would slide out and they would come up and, you know, like I said, all these things were going on. And when you were driving the boat, the times I was in the boat, um, 
you could see some of the pictures where my dad's standing there. You know, there was a stain. This was, this was stainless steel, the cover that went on top of that cockpit. So it got so hot in there that we were doing really short takes. Um, I remember being, some of those shots you saw were down at Port Manatee and that was on the Southeast side of Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. And we had the boat there and we shot there for about a week and it was so friggin' hot that (laughs) they had my dad, my dad was driving the boat in all of the scenes that thunder was rolling. Um, all the shots with, uh, you know, the, the ones where they were doing now the shots where the jet ski flew out of the back. Yeah. Uh We actually, we actually made a ramp at Boatyard village and I did a couple test jumps on the ramp on the jet ski previous to anybody going over it, but they had a Hulk Hogan lookalike. And what they did is they took the boat and they did the take of the jet ski. They did a prop. They didn't actually put the jet ski in the boat. They did a prop with the jet ski facing backwards in what looked like a cockpit because when Lemon and Hogan were in that, that cockpit, that was just something we built inside of Rabco and there were screens in front of them. That wasn't ever the inside of that yeah, boat. It was that like boat was the size standard. of a small apartment. I mean, that thing was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Had yeah. Microwave. It, yeah. We were doing some short takes on it just because of the heat. Everybody was dying. There was some, there was some windows that we tinted and placed in the front of the boat with the fabrication of all the stainless. And so you had to drive the boat with the top on it. You had about 18 inches between the top of the steering wheel and where you're going to hit your head. Wow. So you had to have your chin up. You had to have your chin up as high as you could to see out that little windshield. And I can remember my dad on a couple of the takes. I mean, they were getting so close to, um, creosote poles there in Boatyard Village mm-hmm. floor. And, and it was a really shallow area. We were, uh, you know, you can Google Earth all this. It was a cool spot, but it, it was small. You know, it was, it was a very, a very small area and we'd come in on a plane and bank the boat on the side and then we'd you know we'd have to in some of the takes we'd have to take the wheel and and, and slam it as far as we could the boat would roll up on its side and we would just hope we would make the turn on some takes <laughs> but um one of the one of the one of the problems we had real bad it was with the boat planing off is i think wellcraft uh under propped it because the motors were constantly going on the rev limiters and they say take off fast or we try and take off fast with the boat. And at this time I was in the camera boat on the other side of him. I was driving a Zodiac around with a camera crew on the, but we were trying to get other angles of shots, but the, the motors I can remember, you know, and I can't believe I can remember so clear, but I remember, you know, they're like, Randy, just floor it. You know, he had an intercom on and everything. Um, I had a radio on my side, but they're like, Randy, floor it and come bank on this turn and, you know, really haul ass. The boat was going on the rev limiters. It was cavitating. I don't know if you know what cavitating is, but the boat, it was pulling. We were turning the boat so hard in some of the takes that, uh, for instance, when you roll the boat up on the starboard side, the port drive was pulling air and it was really going on the rev limiter bad. So we, we couldn't keep the boat hooked up is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. It was going on the limiters and rah, bah, 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 you know, it, it, it banged the limiters real hard and then it'd catch and everybody in the boat, it was my dad and two other people, but everybody was losing their footage. <laughs> It, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of bizarre. And, and, you know, but like I said, we were in Boatyard Village and we were doing really tight shots with the boat. Um, and we got it to do some things that I don't know that 
anybody could make a boat do about Randy Raby. That's for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> it was some, it was, there were some hairy stations, guys. Let me say that between the mangroves and the, and the Creasy poles and where we had to go, you know, the police were involved. The Marine patrol was there. They brought the waters blocked off. Um, we could do no wrong. You know, you could set a bomb off out there. Nobody would say anything, but, uh, it, it was, it was a really fun experience for every, uh, every, you know, us at Rabco and, um, and myself and my dad, you know, being with, uh, Chris Lemon and, and Hulkster, you know, Terry, uh, lives right here in Clearwater. He's a good buddy of mine. We see each other from time to time and I always remind him who I am. You know, he sees a lot of faces, but I haven't seen Chris Lemon since the whole takes and all that oh, wow. stuff or Carol all, you know, I was next to Carol all in all the, um, all the bar scenes, but I haven't, haven't seen her at all, you know, since any of that, you know, everybody's after, after 1991, everybody went May 1st, 91, everybody went home. All the boat left Rabco, the jet skis left Rabco, the the floor got patched, all the props, there were semis there for three days and it was like a ghost town. Boof. Wow. <laughs> Just done. Just done. Something funny on Facebook, somebody brought this up about, um, they brought it up. Uh, they were talking about the thunder and the boat is actually painted white. Now you could probably do some research and find it, but it is still running around. Of course it went back to Wellcraft and yep. they pulled all the stuff off the deck and then it is still running around and it's white now. And I believe it still says thunder on the side and it's in Lake of the Ozarks. I was told <laughs> this is all, this is all, this is all hearsay, you know, that's funny. All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some digging to see the uh, yeah you the never white have to do thunder, some I guess it's called. I have a book that has some stats about the boat, so let's let's see if any of these are right because you worked on sure. this, so you probably remember. So, uh, so the statistics that this book gives says that the body was fiberglass, which I assume is right. Yeah, um, forty three foot long. Uh huh. Um, nine foot width at the beam. Yep. Yep. The claim top speed, I think this is just for the show, was 500 miles an hour. Now, what? <laughs> Come on. What, what would it really do uh, for real? 73. 73. 73. Okay, that's still pretty fast. That's still that's pretty yeah, on the water. Yeah. yeah, you're moving. Uh, yeah. Fuel capacity yeah. of 245 gallons. You got now. Now, I couldn't be 100% on that, but it sounds right. I'm in right. the boating industry, and that sounds right. All right. Dry weight, 10,500 pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not current. Oh, look at that. I would, yeah, yeah, dry weight, yeah, you know, but you know, you put some fuel in it and everything. You put some people in, you put gear in it, you know, you're you're twelve thousand pounds, no problem. Right, and then I think here's so here's where there's I think a discrepancy. So you said the engines. This says there were three V8 Mercruiser 502 Magnum uh -huh. EFIs. 502, yeah, they're, they're EFI Magnum 502s, and they were a standard motor that Mercury puts out, um, and they still build the 502, I believe, today. But it, it was a big motor. It was actually, I think it was the largest motor that you could get at the time, you know, for the package with the Bravo drive that were on the boat. There was triple Bravo drives. There we go. And we, okay. we, had, some, we had some prop combinations is you know where we would turn one of the drives left and one of the drives right so we we played with that as the motors you know the boat was so under propped when we got it you know for the whole shots and things like that but it kept cavitating we had the we had the hardest time with the boat cavitating and they had to change the sound of the motors a lot um throughout the takes when it went to the movie because when a motor goes on the on the rev limiter, those 502s, it, what the rev limiter is, is it, it shuts the fuel off, so it makes the motor 
and it shuts the spark off and it, it makes the motor backfire. So it had a very unique sound and it sounded like something was wrong and something actually was wrong. The motor was going on the rev limiter. What a rev limiter does is save the motor from basically blowing up. <laughs> so the motor, when we make those turns, that outside motor would go on the rev limiter and, you know, it was really, really loud and people were like, damn it, what's that? You know, it was really loud. It was actually like firecrackers. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had to pull that sound out of a lot of those takes. To try to give some of our listeners some context, I got to go to the, the Boatyard Village a few times while it was still open here. So it, the setup was not unlike Lake Bonavista. And it was a very small body of water there that did lead through some channels out into the Gulf, but it was a tight, it was a tight little area and there were a bunch of docks. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you've been, you've been to where you've been to where we shot it. Yes. Yes, I have. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. It's very, you know, and we came in there at 55 miles an hour. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We, we came out of the main channel into the turn, that little cut that was only 80, you know, 60 to eight, about 80 feet. And we came in there at 55 on the side. And again, we had to, we had to stay in the throttle throughout all this and, and round the ski jump and all that stuff. And then go, you know, it's a small lagoon. You get a slingshot in the marble, you could hit the other side, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, I'm and we, we put that boat on its side. I mean, and then we had to go wide open with the throttles in the turn because they wanted to move a lot of velocity of water, make some spray. So we would actually tab the boat a little bit. The times I was in it, I was in this a couple of times for this take and we would tab the boat a couple of just to make it throw a little bit more water and make it more, you know, it was like, what can you make it do? And we're like, well, this is just a really big area. We're in a 43 scare with triples and we're trying to, you know, the boat didn't have the turning radius that it was just very dangerous, you know, to, yeah. Okay, yeah. but we did it. My dad, my dad was the brains behind it. Shit. I was hanging on for dear life, you know, <laughs> Parker, I just, I just measured it on Google earth and, and that little square lagoon, it was 625 feet square. And you that's were, it. you were it. right on accurate. It's, it's about 89 feet across in that little entrance to the channel. So I can't. Yeah. yeah. So we time. went, we, we came in the entrance from the, from the, we came. Okay. So we came on a plane in the entrance from the South yep. banked in there and came back out. And we actually went back South again and, and slowed down because it, there was a bridge or something around the corner. Okay. You know, and we had to, we had to slow the boat down immediately after we got out of there, but it looked like we were going into another take cause we were on the throttles. We had to be on the throttles wide open coming in the cut and then coming out of the cut wow. because the guns were going off the whole time and it looked <laughs> like an ambush. Um, and just to explain to the listeners, if they have not seen the show yet, the reason that, that the top of this boat was covered with this stainless steel is much like the Batmobile in the 1989 Tim Burton they could press a button and basically kind of bulletproof the boat. So yeah, steel panels go over it, but they really made it that way. Yeah. 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 We really did. And, and like I said, it was, it, it was, a, it was a pain to put that top on that boat. I mean, it took four people to lift that thing. It was it and, done as a single unit that they'd kind of like lift and put on. No, it had, it had, it had sections, but it had okay. sections and, um, it, yeah, it was really hard. And, you know, when you took the top off and you could see one of the shots of my dad standing in the boat with those pictures I found on that scrap album at my mom's, but you could see that the boat had a full interior. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't <laughs> see, see any, that? So, any special computers. I see it's just, it's just. No. If you look in the one, yeah, it was just all standard stuff. It had all analog gauges. It didn't have anything digital. You know, it had, it had big more cruiser tabs. It had some trim indicators. It had key caper throttles. But it was all very standard, well-crafted stuff, you know, 1990. And um, 
you know, it just had, it had we had had some, I forget, I think it had Latham steering on it, but, but, uh, you know, it was a great time. You know, I know one of the things that, that Wellcraft got involved in is, um, it, it wasn't loud enough at first. And what we did is we changed the exhaust and we had a guy named Danny Hamilton from first choice Marine in St. Petersburg. He stayed there all night long and they manufactured some exhaust plates for the boat, um, to make the headers work. We changed out the headers literally in one night on the boat, the risers. And, and we started this thing up on the trailer. It was like two in the morning. This crew was working all night. We had to do a shoot in the morning and we changed a, a lot of the water plates where they bolt onto the risers. It's very confusing if you don't know anything about big block motors, but we had to change the risers and the exhaust all in the middle of the night, all on three engines. And we thought we had all the parts and we put it together and there was a major water leak. Water was spraying all over the build. We thought we had it all done. We thought we were going to go do the next take. And we, uh, we tried to run the boat and water was spraying all over the inside of the build. So they went and manufactured um, some water jacket plates on, you know, on a lathe. This is three in the morning. Um, and they made these things out of aluminum and managed to get this thing patched up for like an 8 a.m. shoot. We came out with the boat. Nobody had any sleep and we were, you know, all restless. Here I am, you know, I'm 18 just trying to help out get my hands dirty. I stayed up for 24 hours. I thought it was the coolest thing ever just being with Hulk Hogan and Chris Lemon and everybody was having a good time. But everybody showed up in the morning and the boat was, uh, you know, 100% ready to go. Why'd they do all that? Just for sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want, they wanted to change the headers on it and have the chrome pipes coming out of the back. Oh, okay, um, got something, it. Something, yeah, they, they ch- we changed something. And, yeah, it was something having to do with n- noise. Um, I was going to say, is that the direction of the, the, the film people or, like, you guys just yeah, decided? It, no, they, you know, I just, I just can't even remember. No, that's I, cool. I, just I was just curious. That's, the, that's, that yeah, that seems like a lot yeah, of work. <laughs> It really was to change all the stainless risers and the exhaust and change everything over. And I think it was, I think, you know, being 30 years ago, it, I think it was for a sound deal, something like that. Interesting. And, you know, maybe, maybe for, for performance as well. But, you know, the boat was basically something you could order from anything special. You know, we, we did paint it you know, at, at Rabco and, and, you know, we did all the manufacturing of all the, all the stuff. The boat came to us as a standard stock 43 foot wellcraft from wellcraft the way they would come. And then we just started cutting the thing and welding stuff up. And there was 20 people with hands on the boat for weeks. And then it started to look like something from creature feature. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how often did it, did it actually drive on Disney property then in the lakes and stuff? Did they drive it around there for shoots? Most of the stuff that I saw that they were doing, that the, the only shots that I noticed in going through a lot of the episodes that we have, we have all the episodes. So um, the only ones that, that I could notice was definitely Rivers of America. Um, there might have been some sh- slow scenes over outside of Fort, Fort Wilderness on Bay Lake. But yeah, I was going to say um, they did, I think they did some stuff on Bay Lake, but they would use yeah. your sh- anytime there you needed to show the boat going fast. Oh, it they, was, yeah. they would cut to your shots from. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah, it didn't matter if they that. were in a bayou, and they would they would then cut to the beautiful coral blue water. It just didn't. <laughs> yeah, you sense. could tell it was on ocean. You know? <laughs> exactly, the waves were a little bigger. 
Um, really? Yeah, yeah, they did bring it. So, Parker, I was going to be my question. Did you have any? Your dad continued to drive it for the rest of the series, right? The rest of the episodes, or did somebody Correct. else? Correct. All, he did. all here. We we did no. We did nothing in Orlando. We did everything here. Okay. Uh, Terra Verde, Florida. You can you can Google that. Terra Verde, Florida, at Billy Stone Crab. You can probably do you know Google Earth on that. And we did yep. we did some scenes as we were coming ashore out there with the Zodiacs, where they were yanking the Zodiacs up on the beach, but. Thunder was there, I believe, in the boathouse when they got in the fight and they threw him off the dock. Yeah. Um, I think Thunder was there. But so Boatyard Village, Terra Verde shot was uh, a lot where he did that. And that's about, oh, yeah. Oh, Port Manatee was a big one. Port Manatee, um, we did, you know, where they blew up the freighter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Thunder goes flying by. That's, that's all done at Port Manatee. And that's, you know, near the Skyway Bridge, it's on the southeast corner of Tampa Bay, and we did a lot of takes over there when they blew up that old freighter. And those guys, to tell you a little bit about that, that was unbelievable. These guys were from Holland, and they came over, and um, they were some really nice uh, Rastafarians, and they rented this boat, you know, Motion Picture rented this boat of the movie people, and, um, you know, Thunder goes goes by, I think, in one of the scenes, but to see these four guys to see, you know, they did all the explosives on the front of this freighter that was only about hundred feet, you know, 150 feet. But, uh, they were panicked that they were going to actually catch the boat on fire, the freighter. And they were just couldn't believe. I remember talking to the guy after the take, he's like, Oh my God, my boat. Oh my God. It's okay. <laughs> you know, but, um, I re- I was in 11th grade and, I, my dad pulled me out of school to be an extra and to work on the scenes. And I thought it was just great. You know, my friend's like, well, Parker's in a, in a movie. With all those, <laughs> you're just not going to leave it. So, um, but you know, it, it was, a, it was a great time. And, but you know, that's really all the info I got about the bird. Any other questions you want to ask me about the shoots or anything? And I can try and see if I can pull them out of my archives in my brain. Yeah. I mean, if you come up with anything, you know, after we're done talking here that you remember, feel free to shoot us some, you know, some information. This has been great. Cause it, you know, we've really, you're the first person we've talked to regarding the, the show and, and uh, somebody who, you know, had something to do with it and was on, you know, you were on the show, you were involved in it. And it's so great to hear some of the behind the scenes things that went on with it because it parallels really well with what was going on at the Disney MGM studios, which was all about learning how backs, you know, things were made and done backstage. So you've kind of given us a little MGM studios look into the way that uh, thunder thunder was made so yeah and it's um, it's nice to hear you know how excited you were to be able to to be able to work on it because that was really that was a novel thing in florida at the time there weren't a lot of movies shot here yeah so you know being able to help your dad out with that like with a hollywood production coming into town it's like that was very cool yeah well, we we at Rabco, um, this was, believe it or not, the second time that my dad was approached. Uh, we actually did the movie Summer Rental here with John oh, Candy with all fantastic, the Rabcos. Fantastic movie. Yeah. 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 So I was in I was in that as a kid skimboarding on the beach. And then we did a lot of the shots at the downtown St. Pete Pier. Mm-hmm. The, all the spectator boats. We had about 10 of our 35 Rabcos out there. But um we did, yeah, my dad did a lot with, with, with Summer Rental as well, you know, motion pay, and they, they contacted him, I believe, for a couple more things, um, but I just know, you know, we were busy at the time, uh, you know, we were building a lot of boats then, and, uh, uh, you know, we were just busy to where he couldn't take on something like that, because to do, to do you know, Thunder in Paradise, it, it took him away from, from Rabco, and, uh, you know, we had to move our 
laminating schedule and everything out of that building because they came in and they said, look, we need the whole building. And we said, well, well, what are we going to do with all of our other boats and molds, you know, and we just need this 43 well-craft in here and that's it. And then, uh, you know, all this stuff's got to go. And so we had another plan. It was called Rabco Plant 2, and it was a block and a half away. So we moved everything over to that location. So, but if any of the listeners ever wanted to see, you know, the building, uh, that address was 2063 First Avenue South in St. Petersburg. You can't miss it. Um, still looks the same. I know there's a couple of shots. I know exactly. Yeah. Where that, I know exactly where your building is. I'm going to have to go visit yeah. that. Yep. We, and we appreciate every detail. You remembered a lot of stuff, more more than we could have ever. Yeah, heard. man. Anything, so. anything I could help. Thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate Absolutely, it. guys. And look me up anytime. I'm here. Um, well, hey, guys. You know, if we could get together sometime, it'd be great. I'm I'm here all the time. I don't I don't I don't travel too much. I'm very involved in. Uh, uh, anytime you guys want to come down and uh, hang out and go for a boat ride or get a beer, I'm I'm more than welcome. Yeah, well, I got to ask you about Summer yeah. Rental. We're going to have to chat, Parker, because I yeah, got to talk some, about some, that. Too. You know, that's one of my favorite movies. One of the best ever. <laughs> and, and and a few well, years back, I ran around uh, St. Peach and, and Treasure Island seeing some of the filming locations on land. So Yeah, well, Summer Rental was... was um... Indian Rocks was where the yeah. house was, you know, yep. where they were banging back and forth. But we did a lot of the shots where I was skimboarding as a kid on, on Paso Grill beach yep. and that's oh, okay yeah you know, you know, so I know exactly it was right it out there uh, yeah right on 7th uh, 16th avenue at hurley park we did all the scenes with john candy where he came out on the beach and was looking for a place to sit but we did uh, we did a lot of shooting at gene's lobster house with summer rental and that was that was here um in madeira beach and then like i said that that whole beach area kind of got overtaken by summer rental but but the sailboat scenes were you know in tampa bay like not by port manatee but on the other side at the st pete pier back when the original st pete pier was there we did all the sailboat racing scenes with john candy and all the rabco scenes and and you know we really did a lot with rabco with with summer rental um a whole lot and it was a great time and i was very young at the time but it was just a great time in everybody's life to be uh, but but summer rental was fun. It was great dealing with John Candy and, and, and the other people, on it. and uh, a lot of that. Uh, something about um, something about summer rental, um, the barnacle, the sailboat. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, all that was done right there at Billy's Stone Crab in Terraverde. Mm-hmm. That whole lot, and that lot is still there, and that lot is still vacant. We could go there and take pictures of that. Oh, we could have slowly surprises right there. So what's it going to be? Can you recommend something? Absolutely. Scully's catch of the day. It's fresh grouper. It's lightly breaded, sautéed to a golden brown, and lemon butter and shallots. With a teasing hint of Dijon. We'll take five. Cartes! Si, senor! Cinco! Scully's catch of the day. Cinco Scully's catches of the day. Bon appetit. Thank you very much. Isn't this a nice place? Always listen to a gas station at him. They know where to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scully's, it was right there on that bayou, like where, where Chris Lemon and Hulkster got in the fight. They threw him off the dock. Mm-hmm. That same general area is where Scully's were. He was eating the oyster crackers and putting yep. ice on his yes. hat, you know? 
and yeah and then the one guy couldn't find the sale you know the, the swede <laughs> that yeah. was all that was all done right there in that exact area that thunder and paradise was was done in that all bayou right. at billy stone crab yeah guys all right well listen sounds good um anything else i can do for the listeners you know please keep in touch they appreciate right, it thanks Parker. a lot thank thanks you for very much for your time all right man talk to you guys soon all thanks right. parker have a night bye-bye, bye-bye. Follow the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society on Twitter and Instagram at LBV History and on the web at lbvhistory.org. Follow Todd McCartney and Retro WDW on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Retro WDW. For all things Retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at RetroWDW.com. On Twitter, follow our web designer, Jason Bartell of Deepwater Studios at JasonDWS. Our announcer, Andre Gardner, at Andre Gardner. And follow our hosts, Hal Bowers, on Twitter and Instagram, at GoAwayGreen, and on the web at KingdomOfMemories.com. For JT Couser on Twitter, at LS1JT, on YouTube at Rubber City Motoring, and on the web at RubberCityMotoring.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Brian P. Miles. Retro Disney World is the monthly podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society, a nonprofit, nonpartisan, tax exempt 501c3 organization, and is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiary or affiliated entities. Yeah.